Masters in Comics. In these podcasts, we'll be chatting to comics creators and getting a unique insight into the comics industry. In this episode, we talk to David Sutherland. So, uh, David, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about how you got into comics. Comic, well, um, I actually started when I was doing my apprenticeship in Glasgow and uh, as a commercial artist. This, and I worked in an advertising agency. Mm-hmm. But in between times, they were doing work for uh, cartooning around Dundee uh, and Glasgow. And they Walt Disney stuff were doing that for... Because the company I worked for did, did cinema posters, mm. advertising for cinema and theatres and all that. So there was always a, a, a Walt Disney film on. And I was given... I was proud to do the jobs of copying all the little characters, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Loved it. But it was very limited, but I knew, I thought, I feel that's the way I'm going to go. But it, it a few years before I became a senior artist in this advertising agency, and uh, I was doing pretty exacting jobs, you know. Um, and anyway, uh, I then get the opportunity to enter a competition in Sunday Post. And I entered it and uh, I got a prize, the fourth prize. <laughs> <laughs> so they were telling me something. <laughs> so the fourth prize, anyway, uh, three of the editors uh, liked my stuff and they came down from, La- from Dundee to Glasgow and interviewed me down in Glasgow and uh, so they sent me some scripts, just little temp things to get me going. Nothing serious. Take your time. And so I was so keen, I was just about it finished as they walked out the door, you know, I was so keen to get it done. And I completed them and sent them up to Dundee. And they said, we're really like, yeah, yeah, the way you're going. And you've been listening to us, which a lot of artists don't do. I don't know why I listen to <laughs> Anyway, they said, you listened to us and you made points. So we'd like to meet again with you and set you a series script, one that will publish, if you're up for that, you know. So it was just a lot of pressure on you because once you take the commitment, you've got to go with it. You know, I can't have white pages in the beano. Yeah. So I said, oh, no, I'm up for it, I'm up for it. Because my wife and I would just got married and I was dead keen to have our own house. I stay with my folks. And they were dead keen to our own house, so I thought, yeah, give me the work, yeah, I'll do it. And um, in fact, I was even painting mermaids in all that, so uh, all around Glasgow, there was uh, food restaurants and little chip shops, and I was painting <laughs> on the walls, mermaids <laughs> and underwater scenes to make extra money, you know. So I was in there for it. So anyway. I produced this and I started producing a comic and Thompson's, the chap said, right, we want you to come to Dundee and be beside us and we'll help you with the move because my wife and I were going to buy a house. But this time I had got enough of a deposit, not like nowadays, £30,000, nothing like that. But um, it was relevant and we could afford to buy our own house and uh, so... They said, don't buy your house. Come up to Dundee and we'll help you buy a house in Dundee. Right. And that's what happened. That's how I came up to Dundee 
1960. Okay. 1960. So, um, so when you started working for DC Thompson's, um, was it actually adventure strips that you started on? The, the first one was um, I had to create my own character, but the editor then of the Beano, he was called Harry Cramley, uh, I loved him, and he had come up with Danny and the Dolphin. And it was Danny and he was just back of dolphins. And it was fighting the war. And those particular days, it was very much vogue and uh, fighting against the Japanese. Mm. So these dolphins were a pack and, you know, they disturbed all the Japanese communications and the supply lines and all this and Danny and these dolphins. So that was the first one and that lasted. Most picture stories lasted about six months. And then the editor found me another one, and it was uh, Billy the Cat. Mm. And that was a wee boy who used to swing about over the rooftops and everything. And then it was that had gone at six months. And then the Great Flood of London, and the editor, he said, right, we'll have another sun coming out, and um, it will flood London melt all the ice caps and all the whatever and the water will flood London to 50 feet and so they, the, the family they were great into deep sea diving and snorkeling and all this they were protecting the crown jewels and all the stuff from the thieves <laughs> <laughs> so that was great fun too the only thing was it was drawing all the buildings mm -hmm. because most of the buildings in London you look at it like that, but look up all of them, you see the ornate works above. Mm. Of course, all the shore above the water, you know, all yeah. the Tower of London and you know, all the different famous buildings that I can't remember offhand, all the different work they had on stonework and everything. Mm. But that was good fun. So we kept the bandits and the thieves out of London for six months. So these stories. It became popular and the kids liked it and were going back again. Yeah. But the format was they had out they had the picture and then you had six lines of type. The kids we had a poll. Every six months I had a poll for the children. They don't have it now, you see, you know. Uh, tell us what's going on. We don't like all the little stories. And we like the story bam, wham, smash inside the picture. So that's what it was going to be. So I had to alter and incorporate this, the kind of word effect with the picture. So we're always on the allowed sequence. If it's going to be a smash, two, two trains smash into you, you've got to allow for a smash, the word smash, mm -hmm. and, and elaborate on that. So yeah. that changed the whole format of how you produced the picture stories. and. So I did that for many years, and then um, what happened was I was doing a bit of cartooning for Thompson's in the annuals, and I quite enjoyed having already mentioned, I uh, you know at Walt Disney when I was much younger, and the opportunity was still there. It was nagging away the back of my brain, and I was doing some cartoon work for Thompson's, and then. Um, the unfortunately, the first one, Dudley Watkins died, and uh, he was doing Biff for the Bear. Now, whilst he was 
before he died, he was had been ill, seriously ill. And the editor said, do you think you could handle Before the Bear? Because it's still halfway between picture stories, you know, and cartoon. Yeah, yeah, I'll do it. So I did it for three four years, I think. But in between times, the um, Baxendale, he left DC Thompson. He had a, another offer from the IPC. Okay. And so it was lucrative, you know, and uh, they wanted me to go with them, with beyond the, the comic. Hmm. And uh, I gave it a lot of serious thought. Lachanetta, I like Dundee best of all. I'm not going to London. I don't want to go to London. No matter what they offer me. So they're off me a lot more money. Yeah. Just didn't want to go to London. Yeah. I liked the life. I was golfing then, you know. Yeah. He was going fine. So I didn't go. And then so I did the Bashit Kids. So I had that. And then the next thing was poor David Law, who was a, a gentleman, really fantastic guy. He was seriously ill. It was terrible the way it was all going like that. And I was picking up the pieces. So it wasn't just straightforward. There's other artists yeah. were wanting some of the pieces. Mm -hmm. And I didn't say, all oh, right, well, they chose me. So then I got Dennis Jimenez. Right. So I changed Nasher around to a kind of semi Walt Disney Nasher and created Nipper, the one tooth. Yeah. So I have sketches upstairs. But the pencil drawings I did for Harry Cram. Yeah, yeah when yeah. we were sitting talking. Right. You know, little sketches I did in bits of paper. Up the stairs still came across those. So you think that being local was a real bonus because you were able to go in when you needed to mm -hmm. and meet with them and you know, meet and talk about the development of the characters and you know but that, yeah. that must have been hugely important. Yeah, yeah, that was great. I, the chaps in the office were, were great fun. It lightened the load because being home it's it's lonely life, you mm -hmm. know. If the pressure was on, they would sometimes see me sit here at midnight, one o'clock in the morning. They wanted this particular job rushed through. And everybody's away in their bed, snoring their heads off. And I'm working away. But the point was, when I went into the office, the staff, there would probably be about eight, and they were all, they, they wrote their own scripts. They didn't, they didn't buy in scripts. Mm -hmm. It was all written in the office. And we discussed the script. We said, I've got this idea for you, Dave. What do you think? Oh. And we'd band it around. And I thought, that sounds great. So they would sit and uh, kind of thumb it out a bit, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, say, right, that's your script. Or well, if they had enough time to get the typewriter, the girls to typewriter. But I got to know the guys, and they're just like brothers to me. Yeah. I think that's hugely important, isn't it? That yeah. there was a community there. That, oh, you know. I, I, I like that. And, and of course, if you were. If you were wandering off a, a line, which, you know, things do go wrong occasionally. And uh, what you see is humour there going, hey, you think that's funny? Change it. <laughs> <laughs> the editor, you know, Yeah. But oh, I was, it was lucky. It didn't happen too often. Yeah. You know. So all these people you were working with, there must have been huge influences in the building. What about out with? Was there, what was your influences? Out, out, was there anything outside comics or was it mostly comics people you were, you were influenced well, by? Well, it was all Thompsons, you know. Yeah. Um, but the 
the dandy and the beano, they had this uh, rivalry between them, you know. And the dandy editor, he would say, well, when you come to do stuff for us, David? And I said, well, I'll, I'll, what is it? I could do some stuff. I didn't know, I couldn't say no. So it was, it was a picture story about submarines, you know. Like, oh. So I'd done the first page, two pages of the pencils, and uh, Harry Crammy editor says, I hear you've done pencils for the dandy. Am I not giving you enough work? Have you got spare time? So I thought, I'm in trouble. So he said, you'll just go along there and you'll tell the editor of the dandy, sorry, but you're not doing any work for him. And that's how it was until Harry Crammon retired after. Him and I worked together 25 years. Mm -hmm. And he influenced my life because having come from commercial art, it's a big difference. It's a, a new world altogether. And the pressure on yourself to be able to cope with given dates and come up with a, a reasonably finished job in those dates took a bit of doing. So you weren't always making a, a lot of money if you weren't going very well. You just stuck with the head down, mm -hmm. get on until you feel, you know, a bit better about the job. Um, so yeah, that, I mean that 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 must have been um, a huge a huge jump when you went into to, to the picture strips and then the comic strips. Comic, yeah. I mean that was a huge that was a huge uh, change in, in comics. You know, I mean, so you were there at the start of that process because all all comics or or magazines went through that transition. Yeah. So when you were in that time and in that, did you feel like that was a, a big change when you when you saw that happen? I just felt how lucky I was, you know. I didn't, I, I knew when the comics the kids wanted, uh, they didn't want to read too much. So that was from that point of view, the, there were about six lines of type underneath the pictures, the picture stories. And they didn't, they were that, well, sorry, may I say, they were that lazy, they didn't want to read it. They wanted everything to be instant, in their face, an explosion, right, boom, bang, let's have it. And that was how it operated. So they changed the face of the comic. The kids themselves. Yeah. And Thompson's were very much into this. Uh, every six months, they had a poll, and they could see that the picture stories. I mean, minds were starting to drop down this list, and the, and the kids, the cartoons were coming to the top. But I said to myself, well, Dudley Watkins is my hero, and he's coming down the list with me. Mm. So the kids were losing interest for picture stories. In the format, essentially. The format yeah. was changing. Yeah. And all the cartoons were to the top, so I thought, oh, there could be a shortage of work in a little while. Because I can't compete against Dudley Watkins, he's too good. So I'm really getting drag ends. So that was when the cartoons started to change, and I thought, I grabbed it with both hands. Yeah. So to get Dennis right, I had to work for about two months. Doodle, doodle, doodle. You know. So you've kind of stuck with the, the model, if you want, yeah, from, from well, day one. Yeah, it had to be no, yeah. it had to be seamless. Yeah. The changeover had to be seamless, or there was trouble. Yeah, and at that point, there was no credits as well, so no, the I, reader no, didn't know. Only Dudley Watkins got his name on this job. And I used to try and sneak a wee DS in it, which I do now, a little DS. I used to paint it out. He painted it out. But in the comic now, I have a DS 
I don't put my full name or nothing, mm. you know. Give it to you this long. And they've got credits. But now, now they've got it yeah. down the sides now, which is which is good. But there was a rumour at the time the reason that there was no credits is they didn't want other companies poaching yeah. you. Well, I, so it's interesting to hear that you were actually approached to go to IPC. Yeah. I think that's really interesting because a lot of people who were at DC Thompson's made that jump. Yeah. You know, a lot of the, the people on the writing staff and the art that's staff. Right. Uh, it was almost seen as the route, you know. So it's really interesting that you stuck with with DC Thompson's. Do you think part yeah. of that was just that you felt that that you, if you were enjoying the work, then 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 why not? Yeah. I mean that that was the thing, wasn't it? I mean if you're if you're enjoying your work, you know, it's if it becomes a job, then it's a different thing, I suppose, isn't it? I mean, did you ever feel like it was a job? Yeah, this is why I'm still keep going because, you know, uh, with that working with the office guys. I still have this in my, my my brain, the nice feeling I had working with them in the scripts. And every so often you get a script in or two or three scripts, they're like writing a novel. And I have to work out where is the joke, how much they're sure. I haven't left much room for me to draw. Yeah, and because you've had the experience of all, you know what works, what doesn't work. <laughs> I, I would love to be able to take them. In a, in a day's class and just say, this is what an artist is expecting from a writer. Yeah. So so basically, I mean, I'm looking at, we've, we've got actually some art that you're currently working on at the moment out. And to me, it's it's so visual, you know, it's visual storytelling. It works without the words, actually, in a lot of instances. You know, do, do yeah, you yeah. feel that as well? Do you feel like that, that yeah. if you take the lettering off of it, which doesn't have lettering on at the moment, that it still works as a visual medium? Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, that, hopefully that's the key to uh, a little bit of success I have. You know, I'll put it in that way. <laughs> a little bit I have of success, and I feel that I'm drawing the picture, and it doesn't need a lot of words, and there are lots of words can be taken out, because uh, some of them are needing so much that they have to obliterate some of the action. Mm -hmm. That's not, you know, yeah. I'm not happy with that at all. Yeah. Well, but I do see that you. What's interesting is you have penciled in where the lettering is going to go. Yes. So that's interesting. So I've given that space for it. Yeah. I said that's your lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is mine. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's that's really important. So um, so again, um, working in Dundee. So did you get a chance to meet like to go to Dudley D Watkins Studio? Or did you meet? Yeah, did I you so, did you go to their workspaces? No, actually, strange enough, I, I would always try to meet some of them to have a coffee and a chat and um, everybody kept their cars close to their chest. Not that I would speak about rates because Thompson's, there wasn't a, such a thing as a, a flat rate mm -hmm. for an artist. It was negotiable and if you were good at negotiating you got more money than the guy next to you but you never discussed it. Yeah. So this going for a coffee I would, once or twice uh, one or two of the artists who would end up down in, in the three J's in Reform Street, I don't know if you remember, way back, that's going back now. <laughs> but we used to meet there on a Monday. Cause that's the three J's, is that Duke Jam and Journalism? Yeah. <laughs> it's like when we handed our work in on a Monday, and we got paid on the Friday for what we had produced on the Monday. And so I used to say, come on, let's all meet and have a chat and have a coffee and what have you. But um, it didn't really come too often. Mm -hmm. 
you just kept away. And so I just, I just, the same thing happened to me, and I just started hiding away as well. Do you think that was the life of a freelance artist? In a way, it's it's sort of competitive in a way because you have to get the work in, and right. you know it's all on your shoulders if you want, you know. And I see it today, actually, in, in the way that, you know, studios, comic studios are set up and the freelance lifestyle. How did you find working freelance, actually? How, how did that work for you? Well, I actually started freelancing right at the time when I came up to Dundee. As I said, the office had said, we'll provide an office for you or you can work with a studio, with the lads in the studio, or you can work at home and get it through your tax relief. I said, I'll just work at home. Because my wife, when I mentioned to her, she said, oh, no, I'm waiting to be at home. <laughs> She's quite happy. So I can do the babysitting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I did get a lot of time, you know? Yeah. I said, just uh, after the first two years. And uh, just, that was, I was a babysitter, become artist. So, so it's ideal then. Yeah, it's well, perfect. It was, yeah, you yeah. Know, yeah. Well, they used to steal all my, my pencils and everything. I'd, I'd knock a bottle of ink over occasionally. <laughs> it sounds like a scene from one of the strips. <laughs> you know? uh, but yeah, I mean, I think um, having that having that freedom to, to do that, I think, how many pages were you doing at, at that point? In your, how well, many pages I, a week would you? I was, the highest I was at was six pages. Right. And I did annuals, mm -hmm. summer specials, Christmas magazines, merchandising, yeah, as well. So you've done thousands and thousands of pages. Yeah, there. and all the t-shirts and yeah, pajamas and uh, pillowcases and bedspreads and uh, you know all the different things you could think of. Yeah, that was associated with Dennis. That was big time then because uh, I did a few television programs for various BBC, this TV. Uh, about Dennis, so it was very popular at that time. Yeah. And uh, so we just kept, they said, oh yes, David will be available here. Yeah. And my mouth used to go so dry. It wouldn't have started, your mouth wouldn't have started working. It was so dry, you know. But you were you were comfortable with, with, with producing work quite quickly. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I was very happy. I mean, I wouldn't change my whole life for anything. Mm -hmm. And I'm 84 now. And I wouldn't change it. I never thought I'd last this long right now, I must tell you <laughs> all this truth. But <laughs> you, must you must enjoy it to keep doing yeah, it. Now, there, now there's my heart specialist. He said, I don't know how you manage to live that long. <laughs> but I think it's important to, if, you, if it's something you love doing and uh, it, it's like something that you enjoy doing, then then, then why not? Yeah. If you can still do it, then why That's not? Like, uh, you know? what, what else would I do? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't have the energy to do the garden. I get someone in to do the garden. And I don't have that kind of energy anymore. I don't play golf anymore. I don't have the energy. But I can sit in my chair and my left hand keeps working away. Each time I tell it to, it does it. So you, you were telling me before before we started about how you, how you work now, and it's quite interesting that you've got a kind of set-up uh, in your house that, that maybe isn't the most traditional um, setup. Do you want to just <laughs> talk a little bit about that, how you work now and how, how you split the page up? And Yeah, well, I get the page at a half, I try and make sure I can cut the page in two. And because I have this chair and uh, I have a, a tray, it's more or less a tea tray I work from, and I just have a half page that fits it lovely, and I draw away and I watch the telly 
My wife's sitting over there, she watches her programmes. I'm now an expert on Coronation Street, which I never even knew existed. So, I'm pretty good at <laughs> But yeah, so, but, and you don't find that distracting at all? You, could, you can no. just sit and... No, it doesn't. No, a bomb yeah. could fall and I would say, what, what was that? The other night, the lightning was on, you know. Mm. Wow, I thought it was coming in the door. And I just said, well, look at that, get on. I drew another few lights. Keep going. So at this point, you must almost be, it must almost be by osmosis. You oh. must have done it so often. I mean, how, how, how do you react when you get script in? What's the first thing you do? Do you go straight onto the page with that? Or do you do any... Oh, I do a pencil. I do a pencil. Yeah. I, I read it over the side, which of the squares uh, needs a big picture, which is just two heads talking. Mm -hmm. Another one will be them squirting, you know, uh, water at each other. So to... I decided that requires a little bit more space for the picture, you know. So I then determine the size of it. And you're even, this is interesting actually, this panel here that you're talking about where the characters are squirting the teacher. Uh, and what you've done with the outline is you've made it a kind of water splurgy uh, shape as well. Yeah, try to use yeah. The, the shape of the panel. Same with this one here, there's another panel yeah, uh, on the page it's a where... Kind of yeah. Sequence, yeah. So you're kind of breaking up the the, 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 the panelling, the format as well as you go. But you don't, you're not planning it out before you go onto the final page and on a little sketch. You're just going straight in, drawing it in pencil and then inking it. Yeah, well that's it. I lay it all out yeah. and I have a rough, quite a rough pencil. And then I outline the box if when I decide that's going to be a splash. So make it a watery feel about it. If there's a little bit of action, I kind of shake the box a bit, you know, when, when something has happened. Yeah. This one here has an extra one because they really are being naughty to each other, you know. <laughs> so this is quite a different type of a box that I've used. Yeah, and there's a lot there's a lot going on in, in this panel in particular, and I think that's what I find really interesting about your work is how you deal with multiple characters in, in a scene, if you yeah. want. And yet the eye, your eye still flows through the page. Are you conscious of that when you're drawing it, how the eye goes through the page? I just try to get the, the action going as uninhibited as I possibly can without interfering with this is happening here. So I decided that this sequence of the ball hitting their heads, so that's that little scene. And this one has to cut across teacher and his wife, they're fighting. So these are little boxes of the whole scene. So this is how what I do here is try and get, it's like a ballet, you know, um, I'm working out where they're all, and I try to get a big figure for this squirt that I got, that kind of ties the whole picture together. Mm. Uh, if they was, he was squirting here and here, and teacher was here in his own, I don't think it would feel the same as them squirting past teacher, and uh, you know. Because compositionally, that's actually quite complex, yes. <laughs> what you're showing me there. <laughs> you know, but you make it look very, very easy. You know, to me anyway, you do. Yeah. But when you describe it, when you describe your process, and suddenly it becomes. Yeah, well, I mean, see, I have another one, the last square, which is um, a lot bigger. Anyway, it's quite a big square, and it's going to be a repetition of this, but it's inside. So they're all outside. This is happening outside, and the teachers send them one by one after being naughty back into school, get into class. And all of a sudden, at the end of the day, he's got all the class inside the classroom. So he's, you know, 
naughty in the classroom. So the whole scene changes from the original outside action to the last square will be them all doing fighting and playing football and everything, but inside the classroom. So what is what is it that drew you to this strip initially? Was it they approached you and you just felt an affinity with it, with this this Bass Street Kids? Yes, oh my. When the chap left, Baxendale, where he left to go down to the IPC, uh, the editor, he was sort of saying, no, I'll need to find someone. I'll be, he's left us a bit in the lurch, and we'll need to find someone to fill his boots for a wee while, although it'll be difficult. But So there were about three or four of us who were given artwork to do. So it wasn't, you know, you had to fight yeah. for it. Yeah. And um, two or three of the artists, they, they got offshoots of the Bay Street Kids, like the Bay Street Kids pups and things like that. So they were doing that. But I got was given the main game, you know, mm-hmm. of the Bay Street Kids. So I was pleased about that. And uh, this other, this chap, there was one day, this careless talk in this coffee shop that I was trying to go meet different artists. And I was saying to this artist, you know, sometimes I find the Bay Street Kids, it's a bit of a strain, you know. I'm having to put a lot of work in for sometimes not a great deal of returns, you know. Blabbed away. Next thing was he had gone to the editor and he said, Dave Sound's not keen on doing the Bay Street Kids anymore. Could I get it? So I got a phone call. Come up here. <laughs> What's this? And the editor had a crime with his big bushy eyebrows. And when he was mad, he used to pull. You'd almost imagine he's pulling the hair out of his eyebrows. And when I went in the office, oh, I could see the, almost a pile of hair. And I went in. Don't you want to buy sheet again? That's I really knew I'd put my foot in it. Mm. So I managed to claw my way out. <laughs> so that chap and I are friends no more. <laughs> <laughs> but again, it does come back to the, that that competitive nature. And it, it, it actually astounds me that I've heard it a few times now, the, the rivalry between the Beano and the Dandy. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and it, it wasn't artificial. Yeah. People used to think it was an artificial yeah. thing. You know, in the comics, even, yeah. they'd make, and, make and, fun and, of it. And amongst the artists themselves. You know, the, um, you, you want to have a, a decent wage. And uh, you need you needed so many pages to make a decent wage, mm. and that's what it was all about. So if you wanted a rise, <laughs> you took on extra work. So if, let's say you planned a nice holiday for your family, mm-hmm. and if you got a job that lasted six months, so you would try and get that job added to your existing work, and that takes your kids on holiday. So. It was, that, it was a battle for life, you know. It doesn't seem that way, but when I'm talking about it just now, I thought, you're right, no? you know. When I used to take the kids away, and we went, I had them over in Spain, when it wasn't the big thing to do. There weren't the, the package holidays or that. And uh, I used to work like a little lad, getting us extra work put in and uh, getting the extra pay at the end and off we went. Yeah. Oh, oh. 
Well, I mean, that's that's a that is, that's a life of a freelancer. So that's they were old. Yeah. So the, I said, this guy, he said, "Oh, here's a chance you can get in the past few years." Oh. And uh, anyway, so you fought off the competition. Quite right too. But I mean, but it's interesting because you have been doing it for so long. To me. It, it still looks pretty fresh, you know, to, to, to my yeah. eye, you know, and it doesn't look, it doesn't look any different actually to when I when I bought it yeah, as a kid, that. you know. Yeah. Um, so how do you how do you keep it fresh for, from your point of view? It's a question. Um, I don't really know. I just I face it, I tackle it, and I think right. I would like something new for this angle. I look for. Different angles of if they're going to hit a football, uh, it's sometimes at the end of the nose that instead of heathering it, it bounces off the nose and off the tongue of fatty, you know. And uh, Spotty's got a big long tongue, he whirls around like a top. You know, it's these just they come from your little sketches, and then that sketch goes on to something else, so it extends itself. So you've got a basic sketch, and then you're intricate. Becomes a more entry after that. So a lot of that isn't in the script, then. Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. I mean, no, I can, I can literally show you the script. That's it there. Page one. Yes. Yeah. So essentially, in the script. That, that's page, but that is there. Yeah. That's our page one. So it's quite, it's quite light on description. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that was the panel three. That was where, the, the you know. That's one and two. Yeah. And then the panel three is this big one, it, and they're telling you here what they would like to see in it if I can put that together. You know? Yeah. So it's, it is a loose framework. Yes. And, but but to, to me, you're adding quite a lot yeah. there. And do you, think, do you think that's because you've been doing it for so long? They can they know. They, they know. Oh, yeah. Hopefully, I'm going to do what they're thinking. And yeah. Come up with the same ideas. Yeah. It takes a wee while for the two of us to gel. For them to say, oh, well, I know Dave's on the Give us a fight scene or whatever it is. We're in a, a, a pond of sailing yachts and all this. And you get the sequence out of that. So they feel comfortable with it. But it takes a wee while to establish that. But sometimes it doesn't work. Do you ever speak to, do you actually ever actually speak to the writers at all? Or is it purely just you get the script? No, I, I, yeah. I never speak to them. And have you ever, did you ever meet the writers or speak to the writers? Well, no, 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 not never. the outside writers. Just the, the guys who used to write the stuff in the office. Yeah. And uh, I, I really look forward to that every week, what they come up with, you know, for me. Because they would bandy it around and they shout across their desk, listen to this, and it's going on like that. And I'm sitting going, what am I going to draw? What's going to happen here? And they all said, got it. About six lines, and that's it. Just got <laughs> fill it in. Well, I mean, it's, it, it is amazing that 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 in, in Dundee, you know, for anyone who's, who's not been to Dundee, that you know, the the building in Meadowside is was a was a huge hub for comic creation. Oh, you know, yeah. I mean, do, do you want to just maybe describe what it was like going into that I, building? I don't know if you ever were in Thompson's when it was little offices. Yeah, that was brilliant. Oh no, it's all open plan. Although I haven't managed to see it. They've been asking me a few times, well, come in the car and we'll pick you up, take you up, and let you see how, where all this millions of pounds have been spent. And I said, yeah, I would love to, but I'm not quite ready to do it. Because, you know, once I start 
50 yards in a struggle. And Mr. Murray, the director, he said, I'll come to you. We'll get to the lift and I'll give you a coffee and I'll get on and get a sniff of that and a sniff of that. And we'll go through the building. And I said, yeah, that's very kind of you. I said, could I just take a rain check? It's not at the moment. So, but I loved it when it was wee offices. And uh, so, you know, they had all their different drawings and the panels and the door. When you opened the door, you weren't quite sure how you were going to get met with a, a barrage of <laughs> so they, they used to call it the fun factory, <laughs> quite famously, you know, I mean, it sounds like a great place to work and I have been into the new building, I have to say, and they're trying to eject that back into the proceedings, you know, they are trying to do that in, in the building. I mean, it's difficult because the office environment, if you want, has changed quite a bit, you know, uh, it's not the same, you know, as it was. So there's been a lot of press around the Beano in the last few weeks mm -hmm. and you know um and I, I i did see you you were in a video that's in the mcmanus yeah. about you know <laughs> about that as well which is yeah. great but what do you, how do you how do you think it's the only one that's really lasted because obviously there was lots of other humor comics there was ipc had humor comics they don't yeah. have any now you know there's none i, I don't know i mean of course thompson's printed their own stuff ipc didn't they were printed outside so whether that was anything to do with it uh, Thompson managed to keep the overheads tight and uh, they kept the overheads tight. <laughs> but that, having that in-house, I think you're right. No, I think you're right. Having that in-house um, meant that they could run the presses. So obviously locally in Dundee, they, they're not just a comics published, magazine publisher, newspaper publisher mm -hmm. as well. So they would always have the presses running. Yeah. So I think there's an element of they could put jobs on to the press at the yeah. back end of other jobs, so they were constantly publishing. When you get a good script, I get, I've got a bounce of my step. It's silly to say that. No, it comes I, back I to story. The yeah. one I've got in today, come in this morning, and um, that, yeah, I feel good about that one. You know, it's, it's not bouncy, but it's good. I can handle it right away. I've got it more or less written in my brain. <laughs> did, did you ever think about writing your own work? No. 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 Did that not appeal to you, basically? No. No. I, I do. I remember writing Before the Beer and, and uh, the, the artist that week. I went up and I said, how about Before the Beer? He said, oh, oh, I forgot all about you, David. He said, write one yourself. I said, I never write things like that. Oh, come on. And it started off. And I'd bought a do-it-yourself book. Um, What's that? You do it all the company. Was it Reader's Digest? Reader's. Yeah, yeah. But that's a big book, you know. And I bought that because I'm a quite handy man. I like to do things about the house. And I bought this book, so I thought, right, before. Where you've got the book in your hand and um, you make a shelf for it, you know. And. Uh, this is before IKEA. He <laughs> 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 had the book and he said, what, it shows you how to build something. Oh, yeah. That, so in his brain, he said, a new kitchen, a new bathroom, a shed in the garden. And the last square was he built a shelf for his book. <laughs> <Ta -da. laughs> yeah, nobody did as much as Dudley. He did eight pages a week. Now, that was unheard of. And I was doing six, and I was killing myself. 
so Dudley, he had all the animation and he had all the serious uh, picture stories. And he illustrated, you know, he, he used a lot of black. Because the more blacks you use, the more complicated the thing becomes. The different weight you need for hatching and all that. And you should draw these uh, posters for all the different um, illnesses that people acquire, but to, to be sold in eight of them, so they can make some money. Oh, you want to see these posters out of this world. Yeah. I've never heard about this actually. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah. Put all the crowd scenes. Yeah. And all the different parts of the Bible that he illustrated. Well, I had occasion to see two of them before they were getting sent off. Mm. And a uh, wonderful man. So, talent. Did you ever fancy going back into more realistic work like at that? Time, at times I did. Um, I still, you know, like up the wall there, I've just drawn a dog. Um, it's my my brother. He died, and Sylvia's partner. She's bought a new dog, so she wanted if I would do a painting for her of a dog. So uh, it's very different from from this though. But you, you touched upon it actually. When you're talking about you know spotting the black areas. So the um, the the Bash the Bash Street Kids work is very open. Yeah. It's very open line work, it's very clear, essentially. Yeah, yeah. And you were telling me earlier, before we started recording, that you used to do coloured work, but obviously now it's outsourced, it's done digitally, you know, and coloured separately. Did you really like doing the, the painted work when you did that? Oh yes, I enjoyed it. But when I was doing it associated with the, the Bike Street Kids, for instance, uh, I used to do the annual covers, and I enjoyed painting it, illustrating them. And in those days, there wasn't digitally coloured. It was either coloured by me mm -hmm. or in the art department. They used to have a massive art department, you know. There were, oh, offhand, I'd like to say, maybe 15 men, maybe 12 ladies. And they were doing, because you had all the Jackie and the Bunty, you know. Yeah. You know, all those. There were 11 comics being produced by Thompson at one time. You know, the Hots for the Rover, the Wizard, and all that sort of stuff. Plus all the... The, the, the other comics that were out at that particular time. Normally they'd been on the Dandy survived. And um, but these were lots of artists and they were all lot of them were very good. They just didn't get the break. I was I was lucky, I got a break. You know, when you add it all up and you think I had ended this competition and they, they had liked what I drew, you could see. But with a bit of coaching. They told me, we'll need to coach you. But will you, you accept it? That's the thing. That's the problem. At that time, uh, I was uh, not long out of the army. I'd been in the National Service. You know. I was over in Egypt for two years. And I'd come out of there and I had high hopes to set the world on fire. And so I was starting, I was drawing westerns, you know, at night for. Uh, DC comics or something, let's see. American comics. American comics. Yeah, right. I did it for two comics. Yes. And uh, I said, I don't want to do any more because the page rate is just terrible. And uh, they said, oh, well, if you're interested, the romantic ones pay more. And I said, nah. 
So that was nearly the death of my career. Mm, right at the start. <laughs> right at the start. Right at the go. And it was so, it's, it's right enough, when I see it now, that almost died. Uh, I was still working in Glasgow, so I, I was uh, doing commercial art in Glasgow with the advertising agency. So I was still not a top earner in Glasgow wages, but I was pretty well near the top. Top wage at that time was £15. And I was getting 12. So it was quite near the top. It was healthy. And my wife, she was working. I was afraid that she was getting a fiver. You know, so that was the kind of uh, average wage then. Because the first house we bought was £3,000. You know, so it's relevant. Hmm. But, uh, <laughs> so that was how it put me in the notion, things could change here. I better hang on. In fact, so much so when I came up to Dundee and Thompson's wanting us to come up to Dundee, uh, had a, they got a rented place for me in Hundred Fort Hill. That's where they got the advertiser shot, you know, and took me to three places and I chose Fort Hill. And, but I kept drawing for the advertising agency in Glasgow. You know, any of these special ones that was there. Uh, maybe around about 40, 50, 60 pounds, which was a lot of money for a piece of artwork in those days. And I kept on doing that and doing the comics to try and please Dubs. <laughs> and do you think... No wonder I'm grey here. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that doing that work for the ad agency at that time, it meant that you had to be able to turn your hand to anything, like you had to draw anything or turn your style. To, you think that was important that you were able to take those skills and feed them into the comics? Yeah, I think so. I, think that, I, I mean, terrible to say, but I remember one order the boss got, and it was a, a book of suture. And this company wanted it upgraded from the old copper plate to half tone. And it was removal of the gallstones. And everything on there. The clips for pulling back the flesh, and uh, I had to draw that. Circumcision, thank you very much. And I had to draw that. Fortunately, black and white. And uh, so the then I completed the book. Oh dear, never forget it. And the chap, the company was was used it for. They were delighted with it. They said no. We'd like your artist to do it in full colour, but I had to go to the operation. And I said, well, you know how I've got a job here? Well, I don't want it anymore. I'm walking out. I don't have a stomach for mm -hmm. it, even when it's on telly. Mm. Or he's sitting going, oh, they're removing his ears. <laughs> it is a world away from what you, do, what you ended I'm up very, doing. I'm very squeamish. <laughs> so let's bring it right up up to date, I suppose. So you're 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 still drawing the Bass Street Kids after over fifty years 50 now. Yeah, years. Yeah, 50, yeah, which is a huge achievement. Um, do, uh, do, you st do you do you still feel a joy about doing it? Do you still want to keep doing it for as long as you can? Oh, yeah, yeah. challenges. Yeah, yeah. Uh, each script is a challenge for me. I'm looking forward to reading it, like the one that's coming. I'm working on this and I've still a page to go, but I'm reading the script that's come in to say, oh yeah, picture, 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 picture. You're one step ahead. I'm working it out. Yeah. Yeah. And how far ahead do you work? How? Seven weeks. Seven weeks. Uh -huh. so. <laughs> Great. No, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's amazing that 
you've sustained this job for for so long. Mm. I mean, I, I I think it's almost unheard of actually to be working on the same strip for so yeah, long. I, I don't know. There might even be yeah. some sort of re world record in there. I don't know. <laughs> we need to check the facts on that. But there must be close because yeah. I don't think I, I off the top of my head. I can't think of anyone who's who's sustained work on the same strip for so long. Yeah. You know, usually what would happen is you'd move on to something else or, you know. Uh, but I feel that this has kept me sane and it's challenged my brain. Okay, my bones are not working as well anymore. So uh, that's happening. But the brain in my hand, touch wood, my hand, um, we're still working together. As a group, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, what more could you ask for? <laughs> great. Thanks very much. That's oh, great. Pleasure. Thanks. Pleasure. Thanks. Pleasure. Um. Um. Um.